Network. And to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and Jacob Greer. Voice of America. I'm sorry, Voice of America. Welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice of America Sports Network I'm Lee Mott Williams, and my co-host is Greer. And to join the show, the contact information is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email us at Sports at yahoo.com. Jacob, man, where you been? Well, uh, stuck in traffic a whole lot today, you know, since it's uh, raining here in Houston. Uh, you know, 290 is no joke when it starts raining. Oh, uh, okay, because I, you know, haven't heard from you, so I wonder if you was okay. Wanted to know if you was going to come on to the show tonight, so I'm glad to have you on here. Let's go ahead and start today's show. Uh, Jacob and I will make our Week 7 NFL picks and predictions, discuss college football games from this past weekend, and pick this week's winners. Uh, invite John Ingalls to be our Patriots insider to the show. Go around the NFL, talk about different headlines and storylines. But first, Jacob, let's recap the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Houston Texans, week six game from last weekend. The Texans pretty much, Jacob, was a team that had problems at the end of the game so early this season, but it was able to pull away with a victory, a uh, 28-17 victory over Cincinnati Bengals on the road. Matt Schaub threw for 392 yards and four touchdowns. Andre Johnson has been consistent so far this year with his second straight 100-yard receiving game. And Steve Slayton jumped out there and got his 100, got him 100 yards in receiving this past weekend. Uh, Jacob, pretty much with Matt Shaw being outstanding his last three games, uh, the Texans defense stepped up and shut out their last three opponents in the second half. What's up, the newfound Texans? Well, I tell you what, if I had to give our kudos, I would definitely have to give it to the offensive line because it appeared that Matt Schwab had a lot of time to throw. And, you know, in judging that game versus when they played the Arizona Cardinals, it's just a vast difference in the two games. You know, in Arizona's game, he didn't have that much time to throw. Uh, But I feel like once you get Matt Schwab a time to throw the football, this team is a totally different team offensively. Yeah, we're but we're one-sided though. We're just a pass-happy team. We're we're finesse. We need to go ahead and accept that we're a finesse team. Uh, we haven't established a run so far this year. Uh, but how long can Matt Shop arm or his shoulder carry us uh, in this season? We're at the 500 ball club now. I'm three and three. We play a run-happy team this weekend in the 49ers with Crabtree starting his first uh, debut here in the state home state in Texas. So, man, I you know the jury's still out for me. I really haven't. Can't come to my conclusion on them so far, but I am kind of proud that they're trying to start. I mean, trying to establish some kind of identity on the defensive side of the ball. 
Well, one of the things that they are is, you know, they're a very up-and-down team right now. But, you know, I feel like with the passing game, it clearly opens up the running game. And, you know, like I said, in Arizona, you know, the offensive line just didn't give the quarterback time to throw. And I think once you give the quarterback, Matt Schwab's time to throw, it opens up so many other things for you, including the running game. I'm, I'm, you know, the defense is beginning to pick it up, and it appears like uh, – you know, hey, maybe they can come home and pick up this win against San Francisco, and maybe we can snowball into a lot of wins. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about them coming back home and going to the game on Sunday to see how they do against Mike Singletary and this crew, the 49ers team coming here on Sunday. Uh, but like I said again, I'm, I'm still kind of you know worried about our about our offense. Having, uh, we haven't done anything running the ball. Uh, uh, Steve Slayton still continues to fumble the ball consistently in the last couple of games, so. When you play better teams and they have better, they have the uh, New England, not New England. So yeah, they have New England Patriots on the schedule for the remainder of the season, and they have Indianapolis Colts twice. So they need to split those that series as well. So I'm excited to see what they wanted. I mean, how they bounce back after that win in Cincinnati with the game coming up this this Sunday here at home. Moving forward, let's talk about a max a marquee matchup game this past weekend was the New York Giants versus the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees tortured the Giants for 349 yards with four touchdowns, and the Saints scored 48 points to improve to 5-0 and for their third time in team history. Jacob, next to Peyton Manning, uh, can we say that uh, Drew Brees is the better quarterback or the best quarterback in the NFC? Well, I'm not going to – well, yeah, in the NFC, yes. Uh, he, he's definitely, uh, you know, one of the uh, – one of the uh, guys over in the NFC, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, put, I don't know if I'll put him ahead of, uh, of, uh, uh, the guy up in, uh, Minnesota. I went blank there for a second. Right far. Because of, you know, some of the things that he do on the, on the, on the, uh, field. But, hey, Drew Brees is legit, and I like the way he has that New Orleans Saints offense running. Yeah, they're definitely clicking. He has some weapons, more weapons this year than he had last year. Some guys was injured, uh, shot, I mean, Jeremy Shockey was injured. He has coasting back as a wide receiver, which will be a, playing uh, at the Pro Bowl-type level so far early in this season. But Drew Brees, man, he's been very consistent for whatever weapons he has. Uh, um, uh, you know, I really haven't seen too much from Reggie Bush, but I like the way Drew Brees is playing. He's, he's, he's been on fire in the first Well, one of the things that I picked up from New Orleans is, number one, they have, you know, pretty big receivers in Colston. But they have a lot of speed on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and you know it's pretty evident that you know not only can they run the ball, but they give Drew Brees a lot of time to find his receivers, and I think that's one of the things that makes him so successful there in uh, New Orleans. And their biggest, how can I forget their biggest success is not even the players, a coach is Gary Williams, their defensive coordinator. He used to be a former coach at the uh, head coach for Buffalo as well as the Redskins. He was brought in by pay, uh, coach. Uh, Pating up there in New Orleans, and he's his chance around that defense. They got them flying around making plays, so they're a very exciting team to watch. They've been successful so far in this first six games or first six weeks. Speaking of a defense, Baltimore Ravens, uh, impressive defense, went up to Minnesota to play the, uh, the Vikings. And it came down to a last-second field goal that was missed by the Baltimore Ravens. Giving the Vikings their six and zero, giving the Vikings their first time, their first six and zero start since 2003. Brett Favre was 21 for 29 for 278 yards with three touchdowns. AP Adrian Peterson doing this thing, rushing for 143 yards uh, last week uh, against the, uh, the Ravens. Jacob, we all know that the, the Vikings are a better team this year with Brett Favre. However, what's the deal with the Ravens, man? They lost 
they lost their last three games against, you know, pretty much on the road. Well, they started out really well, and, you know, every team is going to eventually hit that wall, and I think they're hitting that wall early. And, uh, you know, but they just ran into a very good, you know, Minnesota team, and Minnesota was playing at home. And, you you know, when you get two top-tier teams playing like, you know, Baltimore and Minnesota, you're going to have a very good game. I think Baltimore it will eventually bounce back, and, and hey, they're going to be a playoff team in the AFC. Yeah, you know what, their their defense is not the same defense that they had. They can tell they definitely miss Rex Ryan uh, at the defensive coordinator and now the head coach at the, at the Jets. But their defense is not the same. Ray Ray is not the same Ray like he used to be. Yeah, he makes plays, but he's not. He's you know he's not. He's getting up in age. Uh, the cornerbacks are getting exposed a lot more compared to a couple years ago. Uh, you know the safety is still doing his thing. Ed Reed, but you know the Ravens is definitely not the same like they used to be. Right. Okay. One more game we'll talk about here before we go to break will be the. Philadelphia Eagles was a surprising game, in my opinion, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Oakland Raiders. Jamarcus Russell set a season high of completions for 17 and passing yards of 224 yards. And the Eagles converted for just two for 16 third-down opportunities with Donovan McNabb being sacked six times in that loss last week, 13-9 to to the Raiders. Jacob, how could the Eagles go to Oakland and look so bad against the Raiders last week? Well, I, I don't know what happened, but uh, it appeared that they had everybody on their team working this weekend. The Raiders just, I don't know, it looks like they just dominated the game, and it just appeared to me that Philadelphia just wasn't there. And I was uh, I was really surprised to uh, to uh, see, you know, the Oakland Raiders pick it, pick it up a little bit offensively. And, you know, I don't think they're a bad team. I just think that, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to implement cable system. And I, I think eventually they're going to be a pretty decent team. Yeah, I think one thing that hurt, two things that hurt the Eagles. One was the road trip from Philadelphia Eagles, that time zone. We always talk about West Coast teams going to the East Coast. Uh, same for East Coast teams going to the West Coast on a different time slot. A lot of players don't make that adjustment and it showed that the Eagles could make that adjustment. The second was that the Eagles seemed like Donald McNabb wasn't 100% focused on the game. It was times where he made bonehead decisions by, you know, he called the timeout when they didn't have any timeouts left. And for him to be the leader of that unit, of that team, he has to know what, what his hand, what, how many timeouts he has at hand before he makes that mistake. But on the flip side, the Raiders, man, they play impressive defense. You know, they, from watching the game, Oakland was able to do a lot of zone blitzing. Uh, blitz schemes and package with their defense. Uh, at times, uh, you know, it confused the, the Eagles' offense. It seemed like the Eagles went one-dimensional like our Houston Texans. They abandoned the run early in the game and just went to 100% passing. So it kind of played in the in the hands of the Oakland Raiders with that hometown crowd there uh, cheering them on. So uh, the Raiders were able to steal a game against the, against the Eagles. Yeah, but you would have to think that a West Coast team going east would have a, more of a problem than an East Coast team going west. Uh, uh, because, you know, if an East Coast team is going west, you know, their bodies are pretty much well alert, you know, versus a West Coast team going going east. So I just thought it was a very, you know, dominant game by the uh, Oakland Raiders. And, and I don't know what happened to Philadelphia. It just appeared that they weren't there. Okay, real quick, we have less than a minute before our break. Jim Zorn, Redskin coach. He's going to be let go before the end of the year. Your opinion? I think his I think his time is is winding down, and I would give him maybe two or three more weeks, and he's gone. Yeah, I, I think things not is, is moving forward with that situation. But Jacob, it's time for us to take a break. 
After this short break, we invite John Ingalls to be our New England Patriot insider to the show. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave my Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice of America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach. But what held the boys' eyes in awful trance were the figures, the eaters of men, cannibals. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing through the jungle. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, thinking only of his canoe. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Felzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Pelzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Network. Ready for some hockey talk? Yeah, we got it. But we also have so much more. This is not your everyday sports talk show. It's sports talk that can inspire and educate. Join former professional hockey players Bob Wilkie and Dave Schultz for Hockey Talk with Bubba and the Hammer. Each week's show will feature guests who are ready to share their life stories of how they achieved success. We'll also discuss the week's stories in hockey and learn from the pros about all levels of the game. Listen to Hockey Talk with Bubba and the Hammer. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're outside the huddle with lemont williams and co-host jacob greer Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob is that segment where we invite active performer players to the show, but like always, we invite our New England Patriot insider back to the show, John Inglesby. So, John, welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Thank you, Lemont. I appreciate the invitation, and uh, good to talk to both of you. Good, 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 because i got a lot of stuff to get. we need to talk about, especially with New England and the Patriots, and them going off to London this week. But before we talk about the Patriots and their game in London this Sunday, let's go ahead and discuss the NFL fall meeting from this past weekend or this past week up in Boston area. Uh, did you get a chance to attend the 2009 fall, NFL fall meeting? 
You know, I did get a chance to attend, so uh, I guess I'm the NFL fall meeting insider for this show. <laughs> and uh, it was terrific, you know, the fall meeting. They hold a couple meetings a year with, all, with the owners in attendance and, of course, the commissioner. And uh, very, very impressive event over the course of three days uh, at a waterfront Boston hotel up here. And uh, had a chance to talk to Commissioner Roger Goodell on a couple of occasions, and he is quite quite an impressive fellow, to put it mildly. And uh, you know, just runs a great meeting, and you know, he's very uh, really established a very upbeat tone early on when he talked about the fast start that the NFL is off to uh, this season. They're just having record. TV ratings highlighted, of course, by the Packers-Vikings game uh, with Brett Favre, of course, that was the highest-rated show in cable television history. And that just is indicative of what is, you know, an across-the-board increase, uh, up about 14% from last year, and some of their highest ratings in, like, 20 years. So uh, the NFL is bucking the economic trends and recession that have been out out there for the past year and a half. Yeah, they're definitely making the making the leeway showing that they're able to adjust in this uh, tough economy days uh, with their advertising with the jerseys and uh, reaching out to lottery uh, in different states, uh, state lotteries. I'm sorry, but uh, that's good. It's good to know that you attended the fall meetings and able to get some information for the outside the huddle to show. So again, you have another title. You're also the NFL fall meeting insider as well as New England Patriots. Speaking of, New England, speaking of New England Patriots, John, let's go ahead and uh, take some steps back. I want to—we haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks, so I want to talk about that that Broncos game. New England played Broncos, uh, Denver up in Denver. Uh, the Broncos, Tom Brady, you know, pretty much was 19 for 33, 215 yards, with two touchdowns. However, Randy Moss—he only had one reception in that loss. Uh, why did the Why did the Patriots struggle against the Broncos? You know, it really was one of Brady's. It was a bad game by Tom Brady, and he would be the first to admit it. Uh, it was a rare, you know, bad Brady game. Uh, basically, you know, coming back from the surgery, like so many others, Peyton Manning and uh, Carson Palmer, Donovan McNabb, he's just, you know, very inconsistent. He has good games and bad games. I mean, obviously, Denver was a bad game, as was the Jets, missing a lot of open receivers, the ball sailing on them as well as, uh, you know, but he's also had some good games. You know, the Bills, at least the last five minutes of the Bills opener, and then the Falcons, the Ravens, both of which I attended, were good games. And then I think the Titans game on Sunday just stands for itself. So, you know, Denver, uh, you know, I give them credit. I mean, they played a great game. They, they rose up at the end. But, you know, uh, you know, you know, up here in New England when Tom Brady has the ball and, at around the 40-yard line, and he has to go 20, 30 yards uh, to potentially win the game and, and doesn't even get a first down, you, you know that's not, you, you know, that he's not fully recovered. Um, but, you know, moving on to the Titans game, which I sloshed through the snow to get to uh, on Sunday, that was just another classic snow-on-demand game for the Patriots Uh you know, reminded me of, you know, the Peyton Manning postseason games at Gillette Stadium and, you know, a few years back where they played two or three, two years in a row. And, again, the snow clearly affected the outcome. Uh, my, I was in the end zone during the second quarter, 
for Brady's five touchdown passes. It was truly one of the most amazing uh, feats I've ever witnessed on a football field. It was all literally right in front of me. Um, you could, on the one pass, I could I literally spotted Moss sneaking across the end line in the back of the end zone. Knew he was, you know, going to be uh, getting the ball, which he did for uh, I think touchdown number three that quarter. And it was just a, just a, again a, re- a remarkable thing to witness. Uh, you know, five touchdowns in one quarter, touchdown passes, I might add. So um, <clears throat> it's just amazing how when there's snow at Gillette Stadium. There's a whole different feeling with the team, with the fans, and just as importantly with the opposing team. This was also an evidence last year, the season-ending game with the Arizona Cardinals uh, when the Patriots won 40 to something. And, you know, that was the last game the Cardinals lost and uh, and next stop Super Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, you know, really quite a weekend, uh, you know, to say the least, uh, and, you know, 45 nothing at halftime, a lot of people left, and it was really uh, an astounding sight to see the snow start falling mid-afternoon. There was no clue that snow was coming. I mean, it, it, rain was in the forecast, never a word about snow. So people get excited when they see that up here. They really do. It's a good omen. Yeah, everybody, that's a, some good weather for the AFC, AFC East division. Let me go and reset for the listeners. I'm talking with John Inglesby, our New England Patriots insider for the show Outside the Huddle. John, moving forward, you had mentioned uh, the game with the Texans, I mean with the Titans. If you consider that a game, I, I don't. It was a blow, 59-0. Oh, but uh, real, real quick, how much does uh, Wes Walters mean to the Patriots offense? He's huge. You know, when he missed uh, a couple games early in the season, they were just a different team. He's the safety valve. He's, you know, he's the guy that Brady can, you know, always fall back on to, uh, you know, as, as a safety net to, you know, complete passes. And, you know, Welker's had over, over around 100 catches each of the last couple of years in New England, first two in New England. And, you know, he's great. So, uh, no, you can't overstate that. Uh, him with Randy Moss as the deep threat. Uh, you, you know they're they're just a perfect combination, and uh, you know I'm I'm sure they'll put on quite a show in in London. You know uh, the other aspect of the fall meetings that was fascinating was just the excitement for this week's Patriots game in London against the Buccaneers. Uh, you know Bob and Jonathan Kraft, the owners of the Patriots. Uh, I talked to both of them at the fall meetings. They're very excited. They talked about there's actually Patriot fan clubs in England that come over to Gillette. So now the Patriots are going over to London to uh, play on their turf and uh, have a number of events planned. And talked to John York, the uh, chairman of the league's international committee and owner of the San Francisco 49ers. He is going to uh, be in London on Sunday, missing his first 49ers regular season game in 11 years. Wow. Yeah, and finally, uh, Mark Waller, the new and first ever chief marketing officer uh, of the NFL, uh, was also at the fall meeting, and he actually uh, was schooled in the U.K., and he said, you know, the fan support over there is nothing short of remarkable. The whole NFL game experience being, you know, something we're all familiar with, tailgating, hanging out, pre-post-game, all of it. 
is really different from you know what what he grew up uh, observing in in London, going to soccer games, where he said you know show up five minutes before game time and then you know you leave afterwards. So he said you know the fan you know the ticket sold out in like a half an hour and uh, you know eighty thousand fans in Wembley Stadium. It's going to be quite a sight and everybody at the owners' meetings was really excited, uh, right down to the commissioner. Okay. Well, John, so. we have less than two minutes for our next break, so let me get, ask you one more question. Sure. I'm going to reset for the listeners. I'm talking with John Inglesby, our New England Patriot insider for the show Outside the Huddle. Uh, this morning I saw on the wire that the New England Patriot let go uh, all-pro. Well, I don't know if he's all-pro, former all-pro, or long-time wide receiver, uh, Joy Galloway. Uh, why didn't it work out for Joy Galloway up there in New England? You know, nobody can really quite put their finger on it. It was just, uh, you know, a mismatch from the start. Uh, even Belichick said twice, you know, which uh, that, you know, there's no one to blame. It's nobody's fault. You know, it's not the teams. It's not Galloway's. It just, you know, didn't work out for whatever reason. Uh, it's a bit of a mystery given his, you know, history. Uh it reminds a lot of people up here of a receiver that the Patriots signed for pretty big money a few years back named Donald Hayes, who had had a couple of, you know, Pro Bowl-level type years, uh, come in, big guy, 6'5", and uh, same thing, you know, just didn't click. The best I can understand, the best I can say about Galloway, a la Donald Hayes, is that uh, he just couldn't grasp, apparently, you know, the playbook. That's just the closest thing that anybody can come to, which is very complicated. Uh, but, you know, he, he was inactive for the last three games, so I can't say that it was a shock. It's been building, but certainly there was a lot of excitement when he was here, you know, for preseason and whatnot. Uh, yeah. A disappointment for all, including, yeah. I'm sure, Joey Galloway himself. That's surprising for a guy that has that many years in the NFL, can't pick up a playbook. When you got guys coming in as rookies, able to pick it up and be successful in New England, so I'm, I'm surprised to hear that he wasn't able to pick up. And that's what I heard as well. I heard and I read that he had complications with picking up the schemes and, and, and the patterns and stuff like that up in New England. But, John, exactly. I, John, like always, man, I appreciate you coming by and dropping that knowledge on on us and the listeners uh, on Voice America Sports Network, so I appreciate it, and we'll check back with you in a couple of weeks uh, uh, later on this season. My pleasure, Lemont, and thank you both, and Jacob, uh, good talking to you as always, and uh, I look forward to coming on again. Okay. Well, Jacob, we're going to go ahead and take a break now. When we come back, we're going to our college segment and talk about games from last week and make our college predictions. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, y'all. This is Stephen Cochran. As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org, to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, that segment where we talked about college football from last week games and make our prediction this week. But before we start that, let's go ahead and send our, our condolences out to uh, the cornerback that was killed up in Connecticut, from the University of Connecticut, cornerback uh, Jasper Howard, family, friends, and fans. Uh, Jasper Howard, for all the listeners out there that haven't been paying attention, Jasper Howard was a, Howard is a Connecticut defensive back that was stabbed during a fight outside of school-sanctioned dance over the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, he lost, the, lost that battle and passed away Sunday morning. But, again, we want to send our condolences out to Jasper family, friends, and fans. And, uh, Jacob, if you want to say something about that situation. Yeah, I mean, it was just a tragic uh, situation for, you know, a kid that had just came off of, you know, a, a very good game according, you know, to, uh, to his coach. And uh, it, it's, it's just a sad situation that that happened. Yeah, definitely tragic, uh, sad situation, man. We're living in a, a crazy world sometimes, and well, we're living in a crazy world. Sometimes weird things happen to to good people, man. And again, we definitely send our condolences out to cornerback Jasper Howard family, uh, friends, and fans. Let's go ahead and move forward, Jacob, and talk about the BCS. BCS standings came out, was released on Sunday, 
and the top five teams was number are Florida, Alabama, Texas, Boise State, and Cincinnati. Jacob, you think Boise State deserved to be in the top five with that early soft 2009 schedule? Uh, no, I don't think they deserve to be in the top five, and I don't think they're going to. Uh, I don't think they're going to get a BCS game. I, I, you know, it's just unfortunate that teams can schedule light schedules in the beginning to get great, you know, great, great wins. And uh, you know, I, I just don't see Boise State as being a top five team uh, today. Yeah, I, I don't. I, you know, they they always in the hunt early on, and they end up getting knocked out and get put in the. Uh, you know, the Papa John Bowl or something like that. But, you know, at this, well, let me ask you a question. Are you a fan of the BCS uh, polling system, or you think we should have a playoff? No, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the uh, BCS system, uh, you know, because you have a group of guys sitting around a table controlling where each team goes, and it's not settled on the field. I really like the way the uh, football championship division is set up where, you know, they have, I think it's like the top 10 or the top 12 teams go into a playoff system. And, you know, the, the bad thing about that is they are actually done prior to the uh, championship game for the uh, football bowl uh, uh, division. So I think a playoff is, is the way to go. Eh, well, I think we're a long way from a playoff, but I guess, you know, when when I think about BCS, I think about money. It's all about money. Your school's able to, I mean, it's about bowl games, money, who can generate enough money for those those schools and fans can come to the game. So, you know, either way, it doesn't matter. I think every week is a playoff game. You know, you have tough games each and, each and every week. So uh, teams need to just win and let the chips fall where they need to fall. So uh, speaking but, of but, speaking but, of But, tough, you know, it's funny but, you say that it's about money because you got to understand – you know, if you put if you put a Boise State into a uh, championship game, you know, are you going to get the same you know fans, and are you going to get the same TV ratings that you would get, you know, if you would put a LSU or Alabama or those type schools in in you know the big game? So yeah, yeah you're right. It, it is all about the money. It is all about the money, man. And speaking of tough games and how every week is a playoff game, last week was the Red Raiders. I mean, the Red River Shootout, Oklahoma versus Texas. UT defense gave them uh, gave them the edge over Oklahoma, and Colt McCoy was 21 for 39 for 127 yards. Jacob, the Sooners lost this game, in my opinion, when the starting quarterback, Sam Bradford, went down early with the same shoulder injury. Do you think he's done for the season? Well, I don't, I don't know if he's done for the season, but, you know, it, it, definitely, uh, it definitely was a psychological effect for that team. And it appears that, you know, when he plays, they play, you know, up to their potential. But, you know, unfortunately when he went out of the game, you're absolutely correct. It, it seems like they dropped. But, you know, this was a rivalry game, and you kind of like throw those records out and let both teams go at it. You know, hey, the better team won. I don't know if Sam Bradford is going to be back, but, uh, you know, you have to think about his injury and his possible, you know, future NFL career. Well, his future NFL career is on the hold because he, he has one more year to come back. He's actually a redshirt uh, junior, so he has one more year eligibility. Um, I, you know, and from what I read this morning, I heard, or I heard on the radio coming in to, coming home from work, was that uh, he's opting for surgery. So I, I'm assuming he's done. But, again, Oklahoma – Shot themselves in the foot, man. Uh, careless mistakes, uh, turnovers. They was in the thick of things. Actually, when, actually, uh, when Sam Bradford, Bradford left the game, they was actually in the game. So uh, they made a few turnovers, and Texas was able to take over uh, 
take advantage of those situations, and the defense hold them off to win the game. Let's go ahead and talk about some other major college football games from this past weekend. USC visit Notre Dame in, in, in South Bend, Indiana. And freshman quarterback, USC freshman quarterback, Matt Barkley, threw for 380 yards and two touchdowns. And the Trojans had a total yards total of 501 yards on offense. Coach uh, Charlie Weiss, Jacob, for the most part, man, uh, he's 0-5 against USC. Do you think the Trojans will make a BCS championship game? Now that they I, well, I tell you what, I think they're in line to be one of the teams. If either, you know, well, one of the teams are going to lose, whether it's Alabama or or Florida, uh, because they're going to play each other in the in the uh, SEC championship game. And yes, I'm going to go ahead on a line and say that Alabama is probably going to beat LSU, uh, but uh, I, I do think USC will eventually. Uh, uh, be put into that championship game if they can run the tables. In terms of Charlie Weiss, I, I think his I think his tenure at Notre, Notre Dame is done. I think that was a game that he had to win. Uh, you know, here Notre Dame was a top you know 20, top twenty five team, and with that loss, you know, I don't know where they are now, but you know that was a must win game for him, and it didn't happen. And I think uh, you know he's probably gone at the end of the season. I agree with you. That's why I said he was zero. He's zero and five against USC. You know, that's their rival game. Uh, they lost to Michigan State, I want to say, this year. they did they play? Uh, I think they lost to Michigan State so far this year. No, I'm sorry, they haven't played Michigan State yet. But they, but he's 0-5 uh, against USC. And, and we talked about money and BCS, and that's the number one money school right there is Notre Dame being independent as a football program. Any major bowl game they go, they reap the benefits from that money they earn from that. They don't have to split it with any conference team. So uh, Charlie Weiss, man, is not – you know, he's not as advertised. He's not doing what they hopefully thought that he was going to bring to the table. But uh, for some reason, he hasn't turned that program around. I'm, I'm, I agree with you 100%. I think they're going to move forward after this season. Well, I correct you. I, I think they have played Michigan State, and uh, they lost to Michigan State. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember, man. Got so much going on with this college football broadcast. I don't even watch games anymore. I just catch highlights and I read up on it. So appreciate it, co-host, for backing me there up you on go. that one. One but, more but game we'll definitely, talk about. I, I think he's definitely done. That Michigan State game was a very important game to them, and, and the bad part about it, Michigan State came into, uh, came to Notre Dame and beat them on their own field. And I, I just think the USC loss was the icing on the cake uh, f- for him. Uh, you know, they probably will get a legitimate bowl because of, you know, the uh, fan ratings that they can create. But in terms of Charlie Weiss, I think his career at Notre Dame has, has probably played out. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move forward so you don't have to keep ducking and dodging. Let's go ahead and jump in these predictions, man, cause, uh, before we run out of time here. Starting with Thursday night game, Florida State versus North Carolina. Who you got winning that game? Uh, I'm going to go with Florida State. you going with Florida State? I'm going with Florida State. I got, North, I got North Carolina beating them at home. But before we talk about some other major college football games, the marquee matchup game on Thursday night, ESPNU, will be the preview and them Panthers at 4-1, 3-0 in the SWAC at your beloved Southern Jaguars, 3-4-2, and 1-1 and and in the SWAC on ESPNU. Who you got winning that game? Uh, well, number one, I, you know, I got to command Prairie View because they, they, it seems like they're playing really, really good football. Uh, but to go into Southern on national TV um, with a packed house, I think Prairie View is probably going to have a hard time. 
think so I'm picking Southern on that. I'm against Southern. So you got oh, you, you're a homer anyway. You, you're a graduate of of Southern, so I can, I can see why you go for Southern. But I got I got Prairie View, man. They they on the roll. They have won uh, eight consecutive uh, SWAT games. I think uh, uh, Grambling holds a record at ten. So I got I got Prairie View going on the roll and, and shocking the world, beating Southern at home in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Go back to the, some other games, major games this weekend. Saturday games at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Number 12, Georgia Tech will visit uh, UVA. Who you got winning that game? Well, I mean, that's almost like a rivalry game as well. But, you know, Georgia Tech really played well in its last game. I'm going to go with Georgia Tech on this one. Yeah, I agree. I got Georgia Tech winning that game too. Um, another 12 o'clock game, South Florida will play at number 20, Pittsburgh. Who you got winning that game? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Pitt on that one. You got Pitt. Uh, well, I got Pitt as well. I got number twenty Pitt beating South Florida. South Florida does not do well in cold weather, and definitely when they go to Pittsburgh this weekend, it's gonna be a little nippy. So I think they're gonna lose that game. Uh, three thirty games. Tennessee. Three thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time games. Tennessee will visit number two Alabama. Who you got winning that game? Uh, I'm, you know, I got to go with Alabama. It, they're a very good team. Alabama defense is solid. I got them. I got them losing. Got them losing. I think Tennessee will come in and shock the world. I got them losing. That's my, one of my upset games uh, for this weekend. Alabama has a solid defense, but I think Tennessee will be able to sneak that in and win that one. So I might be wrong. But my gut tells me Tennessee will pull that off. Moving forward, Louisville will visit number five Cincinnati. Who you got winning that game? Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati is solid. We'll go ahead and um, get Cincinnati that win. Real quick, we have less than a minute for our break. Number 13, Penn State will visit Michigan. Who you got winning that game? I'm going with Michigan. Yeah, I got Michigan winning that game as well. Jacob, let's go ahead and take a break now. When we come back, we'll continue our NCAA college picks and predictions for this weekend as well as talk about our NFL picks and predictions for this weekend. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with kwame lassiter formerly with the arizona cardinals san diego chargers and st louis rams kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. 
The Sports Maverick Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award Program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouye and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. It's football, pop culture, and everything in between. Get ready for the game plan with Anthony Heron, a.k.a. Big Ant. Anthony has a background in college and professional football and brings the player, coach, and broadcaster perspective to this weekly roundup of the top sports news and events. Big Ant wants to hear from you, too. Tune in to the game plan with Anthony Heron every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific time on the voice america sports channel it's game time your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're outside the huddle with lemont williams and co-host jacob greer Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice of America Sports Network. Jacob, it's funny how time flies, man. We're in our last segment before we wrap up the show. So let's go and continue with our NCAA picks and predictions as well as roll into our NFL picks and predictions. We left off uh, talking about Penn State, Michigan. Let's go ahead and move forward and talk about UCF. will visit Rice here in Houston this weekend. Who you got winning that game? Uh, I'm going to go with Rice. I'm going to give them a chance this weekend. I'm not. I got Rice. <laughs> Rice will lose, and they're going to continue to lose. They're going to be on whatever. So I got University of Central Florida beating Rice on the road here in Houston uh, at 6:30 game Eastern Standard Time. We have U.S. I mean UCLA will visit number 22 Arizona. Who you got winning that game? I'm I'm going with Arizona. Yeah, I think Arizona is pretty solid out there in the West in the Pac-10. So I got Arizona winning that. Good old Texas showdown. Texas A&M will visit the Texas Tech. Uh, Red Raiders have been loving. Who you got winning that game? Well, I tell you what, Texas A&M is coming off a thrashing from uh, Kansas State. I'm going to go with uh, Texas Tech on this one. Uh, who I have? I have Texas Tech winning that one, too. Late games on Saturday night. Arvin will visit number nine, LSU, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's going to be a party down in Baton Rouge with Southern and LSU. Who you got winning that game out of Arvin? Well, the part eight. The party starts on Thursday night and it ends on Sunday. I'm going with uh, LSU. I got Auburn upsetting the LSU, so you know I'm I'm, I'm on this LSU. I'm on this upset tip for some reason. I think Auburn will pull it out uh, against LSU. Uh, Southern uh, Southern Methodist uh, will visit number 17, uh, Houston Cougars. Who you got winning that? Well, I, I like Houston, and I'm going to stay with Houston. 
Yeah. Houston will pull it off against SMU. And lastly, for the night game, number three, Texas will visit Missouri. Who you got winning that? I'm going to go with, I like Texas. Uh, where, where is that game being played at? In Missouri. I like Texas. I'm going to go way out on a limb and say Missouri is going to win that game. Okay. I got Texas winning that. So we'll definitely see uh, see how that plays out. Real quick before we finish up college, we can't finish up without talking about black college football. We said we talked about Prairie View and Southern. Uh, Alcorn State will visit Alabama State. Who you got winning that? I got I got uh, Alabama State on that one. Oh, I got Alcorn State winning that one. Uh, Jackson State will visit Mississippi Valley State. Who you got winning that? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jackson State. Oh, we split on that one. I got Mississippi Valley State beating Jackson State at home. Uh, swing to the East Coast real quick, talk about some MEAC games. My beloved alma mater, Howard University, will have their homecoming this weekend against North Carolina A&T. Who do you think will win that game? I'm going with the A&T. You're not the only one. A&T will definitely upset Howard on homecoming. Too bad. Uh, Delaware State will visit uh, Morgan State in Baltimore. Or will play uh, Morgan State in Delaware. Who you got winning that? Delaware. Yeah, I got Delaware winning that. Hampton will visit South Carolina. Well, South Carolina State will visit Hampton. Who you got winning that game? Well, I'll tell you what, I really like South Carolina, especially I watched them against Florida A&M, and that, that is a complete team, and I really like them. So I'm going South Carolina State. Me too. Real quick, Florida A&M uh, against Norfolk State. Who you got winning that? Uh, wow. I'm going to go Florida A&M on that one. Yeah, Norfolk State is going to lose on the road. Let's talk about our NFL picks and predictions for this weekend. Week 7 of the NFL kicks off this Sunday, October 25th. Green Bay Packers will visit the Cleveland Browns. Who you got winning that game? I'm going with Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Green Bay will beat Cleveland there. They're in the hunt for Tim Tebow, so Cleveland will definitely lose. San Diego, that lost lost that Monday night game this past, this past week, this past Monday, will visit Kansas City. Who you got winning that game? I'm going with the Chargers. They need a rebound. Now I got Kansas City, man. I think Kansas City got their little momentum going after beating the Redskins. I think Kansas City will beat San Diego at home. Indianapolis will visit St. Louis. Who you got? Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it's no-brainer on that one. Uh, good matchup on Sunday. Minnesota, undefeated Minnesota, will visit the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got winning that game? Wow, that's a good matchup, and I'm probably going to go with the Steelers. Yeah, I think so, too. Steelers is going to be cold. It's going to be a blue-black game, a lot of running. Adrian Peterson going against our hard-nosed First Steelers defense. I got the Steelers beat them at home. Uh, New England will visit Tampa. Who you got winning that game? I'm going New England. Well, it's also played in London. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got New England winning that in London this weekend. Uh, San Francisco will play our Houston Texans here at home. Who you got winning that game? I'm going with the four. I think the 49ers will come in and get that victory. Me too. I think I think Mike Mike Singletary has his guys riled up. For this game, and I think 49ers beat the Texans. Uh, Buffalo will visit Carolina. Who you got winning that game? Uh, Carolina is playing so bad right now. I'm going to go on a limb and say Buffalo. I'm I'm, going to have to disagree with you. I think Carolina uh, is pretty solid at home, so I got Carolina beating Buffalo at home. Buffalo, man, it's a mess up there. So I got Buffalo losing that game. New York Jets. We'll visit Oakland Raiders. Who you got winning that game? 
I'm going with the Raiders. I'm going with the Jets. Jets will win that game, in my opinion. All right, Atlanta will visit Dallas. Who you got winning that game? I like the I like the, I like the Falcons, and I'm going to stay with the Falcons. You know what? I think the Cowboys can pull it out. I think I think I'm staying can, with the Falcons. I think that defense stepped up against Kansas City, and they found some chemistry with uh, with their wide receiver Tony Romo. Found some chemistry with um, Austin. Austin. So I think Dallas will win that game. Chicago will visit Cincinnati. Who you got winning that game? Uh, this is going to be a rebound game for Cincinnati. You think Cincinnati win that one? Yep. Yeah, I got Cincinnati too. I think Chicago will lose on the road. Uh, New Orleans will visit the Miami Dolphins. Who you got winning that? I tell you what, until somebody stops them, I'm going with New Orleans. You know what? I think the Wildcat will step up at home. I think the Wildcat will beat New Orleans at home. Uh, so I got, I mean, will beat New Orleans. Yeah, I think the Miami Dolphins Wildcat offense will step up. I got Miami beating New Orleans at home. Arizona will visit New York. Who you got winning that at a night game? The Giants. Yeah, they're bounced back after that horrible loss to New Orleans Saints past weekend. Um, I got the Giants winning that. Philadelphia Monday night game against the Washington Redskins. Who you got winning that game? Uh, well, you know, I, got, I think it's going to be a, a show game for Washington, you know, especially with Sherman Lewis taking over the offense. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Redskins are going to win that game. What? Are you crazy? I know. I know. Man, I, I got knew I was going to get that reaction from you. Man, I got Philly all day in the paint. Philly going to beat, going to beat uh, Washington Redskins at home. There's too much turmoil within Washington, man. They're, they're now you're going to have a new guy calling the plays. Coach is not calling the plays. He's taking some responsibility. It's a short week. I mean, shops, man, there's too much going on in, in, in Washington. I think Philly will win. Not just win, I think they'll win big against against the Washington Redskins. Okay, well, you heard it here, Washington Redskins. <laughs> all right, Jacob, we got less than a minute before we close out the show, so let's go ahead and wrap up the show, man. I want to thank all the listeners out there for listening to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Have a blessed week, and remember, sports plus business equals well. Peace. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.